Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast with your host, me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, we have Brent Paulson on. He is the Managing Director and Head of Retail at Untucket. So really excited to dig in with him on what's happening in Untucket and retail as a whole. He's responsible for all brick and mortar spaces of the retail business, which is 88 stores across domestic US, Canada, and the UK. He comes to this conversation with 30 years of store operations and management experience across retailers in the department store, big box, specialty retail apparel businesses. He's previously been at Bloomingdale's, Home Depot, Montgomery Ward, Ward & Taylor. So definitely a lot to chew on in this conversation. Uh, he comes with passion about the role of data analytics that drive decision-making to achieve profitability. So we're also gonna dig into that because I too am passionate about data. Um, and, he, and on the personal side, he enjoys great food and wine and travel. So we might get some tips now that travel is really robust again, where we should all go maybe in the next couple of months. So let's dig in. Um, thank you so much for being with us today, Brett. Thank you, Melissa. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, so I gave a high level, um, but if you can tell our audience a little bit more, tell us about you know, your role, Adam Tuckett, and, and your current growth strategy. Yeah, let me start just high level with, with a little bit about Untucket. So Untucket is a men's sportswear brand. Our, our tagline, shirts designed to be worn untucked, is, is how we differentiate ourselves from retailers, um, other retailers. Um, we, we have about 80 some stores, as you mentioned. Um, and our, our job is really to get people into product that fits them. So uh, a shirt that's designed to fit well, that is not a custom product is our market niche. Um, I joined the company about six years ago and am responsible for the brick and mortar business. Um, at that time we had two stores and we've grown rapidly. Um, over the last five years. Um, some, of that, some of that growth slowed or peaked really in the fall of 2019. Um, in the last two years, we are we're working hard to drive the business and stabilize the business through this, through the turbulence of uh, the COVID, et cetera. So. No, absolutely. Um, it's been an interesting evolution of how people are dressing, for sure. How, how have you responded to that? Yeah, so our, our product is designed to be worn really to office and to transition to your, your personal life after. So it's casual, casual product that fits well and looks good at the workplace, but also can transition well into life after work. So um, we, we, are, we, we hit the market as, as casual apparel um, was beginning to become much more prevalent in the workplace. Um, and our company has been in business for about 10 years. Um, our, retail, our retail store growth, it started about five years ago, kind of matched nicely the, the transition from people dressing a little more formally to dressing a little bit more casually in the office, but still wanting to look good. Um, so, so the last five years have been marked by tremendous growth. Um, uh, the, the, the COVID experience um, kind of restricted people's ability to go out and need to buy a dress shirt to look good for a period of time. But as, as the COVID period is, is, is ending, or we think it's ending, um, customers are rapidly reassessing what's in their closet and thinking about, I need to buy something to look good when I now go to the office or where I, now I'm out and about with my family and friends. Well, I have a data point to validate that because I've seen more packages of late coming to my house for my husband <laughs> than I've seen in a long time. Um, and because he's been wanting to revamp his wardrobe because he hadn't really done that in the past two years. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. So knowing that you're, um, 
you're a fan of data uh, to inform direction. And now that you have 88 locations, can you share some of the learnings that you've had? And, you know, there's so much conversation of what is the role of the store. And so as you've kind of been part of this growth, how are you seeing the purpose of the store? And is there one answer to that? Or is it a, a depends depending on geography and other variables? Well, I think we are definitely believers that the role of a store is important to a brand. So Untucket was initially a direct-to-consumer brand, DTC brand. Um, we, we positioned our first store after opening a pop-up in New York in, in the fall of 2015. And, and, and the customer response to, to being able to see and feel and touch and try on our product was exceptional. As we began to formulate a plan to have stores, um, we, we looked at our online business in the markets where business was stronger. And we then began to match up our retail store location candidates with markets where we, the customer was already responding to, to us very well, very well online. And as we negotiated and opened stores, we, our intention was to, to, be, to be available to the customer, first and foremost. Secondly, to drive a profitable business four wall business in that in that market and and then also drive additional incremental online business so the customer that shops in a store typically will shop the second third time either online or back in store so we mm -hmm. found our brick and mortar store does drive incremental online business as well um, so we, we've kind of followed that strategy to this point um, and, and are, are feeling very good about brick and mortar as a customer acquisition vehicle right it, it creates um, credibility for our brand. Um, the customer may, may have seen the website, may have seen a commercial. They, they walk the, their, their favorite shopping street. They walk their favorite mall. They see our brand showing up um, in the mall and mm -hmm. are inclined to come join us and, and, and touch and feel the product. Again, a, a guy typically, um, once they find a brand they're comfortable with and a size that fits them, um, they typically will stay with that brand. So we, we, we've benefited from that over the course of the last five to 10 years. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the way men and women shop are so different. And so to your point, if you find the fit, it's like, how many colors does this come in? <laughs> uh, exactly. Problem solved. So for sure. Um, and I think it's great if we can dig in a little bit on, on what you said too, because um, I think that there's a better, um, more, more brands embracing the opportunity of the halo effect. Mm -hmm. And so how are, how are you measuring that? And how are you seeing it? You kind of touched upon it, but you could dig into that a little bit more. Yeah. So again, we we spend we spend money to to draw customers to our website. We advertise fairly aggressively through television and, and some radio and some other some very traditional methods. We also are are active in social media, right? Facebook and those types of things. Um, but the the cost of all those things is 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 growing. It's rising, and the the acquisition um, cost of, of of introducing a customer to the brand to the store can be a very affordable way. To, to establish and grow a client base. Um, so as, as many other retailers are doing, many other DTC brands, there's, there's a rush, there seems to be a rush to open brick and mortar stores. Uh, mm -hmm. we, were, we started doing this four or five years ago, kind of ahead of that curve. Um, and, and I see a lot of brands that are in our space now beginning to kind of copy and replicate the same strategy. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, <sighs> You've been also announcing um, some great partnerships. Um, can you talk a little bit about that strategy? I think the most recent Maui Gym. How, how you know, how are you thinking about those opportunities in, in 
and partnering um, to, to cross into other audiences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're always interested in collaborating with with other brands that complement the Untucket product. So the Untucket product is primarily the, the, the butterfront shirt that is the majority of our business. We, we mm -hmm. sell other product, polos, t-shirts, pants, blazers, shorts, those types of things. But being associated with other brands like Maui Gym adds an additional reason for the customer to visit our store. And ultimately for us to longer term partner with them and do things that, that might involve um, more aggressive product assortments. So we currently have a, a pilot with a handful of stores where a customer can walk into the Untucket location and purchase Maui Gym product. We have a, a selection of styles that have been in our stores now for a little over a month, starting to get a little bit of little traction there. And ultimately that may take us to, to more stores with, with Maui Gym product, and maybe potentially um, other type of collaborations with their brand as it relates to our shirtings. So all, all to come if it all plays out the right way. Yeah, that's great. That's exciting. Um, and so um, as you've been studying consumer behavior over the past couple of years, any surprises, you know, any any surprise positive or potentially challenging that made you kind of shake your head and say, okay, maybe we have to think different. This is an opportunity. Um, so as, as we entered kind of the COVID period two years ago, our, our product was primarily a dressier product, right? So again, we we did not have the, the breadth of assortment in some of these casual product lines that others had that really exploded during the, the past two years. So we, um, we, we did have product and we were able to expand into some of those categories and the customer has responded very well to some of those non-shirting categories. Um, so that's a pleasant surprise, right? The customer typically has relied on us for their, their button shirt, um, now becoming much more comfortable um, purchasing other items that that, that 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 outfit their closet, that fill their closet. So we're excited about that potential for the brand. Um, we think that will help us as well as we continue to grow. Um, so the, the, all those facts have been good for us. Yeah, and I think this is a, it's a, it's a common um, trajectory. You start more singular product and then you continue to evolve into a lifestyle brand. So as your company does that, how are you thinking about stores, especially if you're signing longer term leases? Like, how are you approaching ensuring that this can evolve as you evolve? So again, having flexibility in, in our relationships with landlords um, is kind of first and foremost a priority. Um, needing to be in the, in the markets, in the properties where customers will find us is, is top of our list. Um, flexibility and you know, space, right? Is, is the space large enough to support a broader assortment? Our store sizes vary from the smallest or about 1200 square feet and the largest are probably north of 2000 square feet. So having the, the ability in a store to be able to represent different product categories and distort some of the, the, the way we put it together um, and, and present it. We, we, five years ago, we were, we were fairly simply merchandise in our stores, lots of sleeve, presentation, lots of rows of shirts. Um, in the past two, three years, as we've added other product categories, we've, we've changed how we merchandise a store and are now moving to more outfits and, and, and looks mm -hmm. and, and mannequins with a coordinated um, look on it so that the customer can see all that product available and put it together. So with, with doing things differently, it sometimes requires more space and more collateral and, and more things to help the customer make that jump from I came to buy a shirt to I'm going to buy the shirt, the, the, the pant, the short, the, the blazer, et cetera, et cetera. So. 
Yeah, that makes complete sense. And it also adds to inspiration. You know, uh, I think also if you think about the, man, the male shopper having that guided experience, it's not just fit, it's piecing it together and giving him the confidence. Oh, I know how to, um, that problem is solved too. I can yes. have my whole outfit put together. So as that evolves, uh, another part of the conversation is the evolution of the store associate. And I think it's a mixture between as your brand evolves, but also technology and the opportunity of data. And so how are you, um, how do you think of the store associate and that opportunity? Yeah, so the store associate, their, their role is, is ever evolving. Um, I would say four or five years ago, our expectations of a store associate were very much more transactional. And about three years ago, we began a journey to change and elevate selling skills, selling expectations to help the associate effectively represent the brand um, and, and speak as a brand ambassador and also become more aggressive in, in, in selling product, right? Helping to mm -hmm. assess the customer's needs, helping the customer then to purchase more than just the one or two items they came in came into. Um, with technology in the past two years, there, there are other challenges or other things we're asking store team members to do. Uh, we've got store associates involved with live chat, interacting with customers who are on our website, which really adds a personal touch to a, a customer shopping from the comfort of their home. Now on the website with a question about size or fit or styling, they can interact with a real person that works in an Untucket store and, mm -hmm. and, and help them make a purchase decision, decision that they'll be happy with. That's one of the technology things we've done over, over the past two years. We also now have store associates much more actively involved in shipping product from stores. So our inventory levels are available, visible to a customer who's shopping online. Um, we're, we're, we're fulfilling orders from stores, which has dramatically in, increased or improved the productivity of some of our SKUs. The last mm -hmm. size or the last pattern of that shirt that might have been tucked away in the recesses of a, of a store many, many miles from the customer is now visible to cu any customer that shops online, as well as any customer that shops in a store. We can we can ship ship and fill fill now from 80 plus locations across the country. Um, the last thing we're doing is, is working hard to begin to develop and work on client outreach, um, really working through clienteling skills and, and helping customers to shop again and again and again. We found over time that many of our customers become very loyal to us, and, and, and there is a benefit for us trying to effectively influence their next purchase decision by keeping in touch with them, by sending them an, an, a text um, to remind them of, of something coming up, or to get, to get them into a shirt that they were interested in that chose, they chose not to buy the first time they are with us. So, so a couple of things technology has really helped us with over the past three years. No, absolutely. I, I feel like I'm an advertisement for Chanel Beauty because I have my beauty advisor and he, he reaches out and texts me and it, it, it feels so VIP. Um, but I, you know, he's gotten to know me and what I'm looking to achieve with I or, or content, whatever it is. And it gives that layer of personalization, which parlays me into my next question is, what are your thoughts on personalization? That buzzword has been used for a very long time. Um, some people believe it's, it's just a term, um, but what do you think the possibilities are, especially as, you know, your team gets stronger at clienteling, there is, there is a level of personalization in that itself and the opportunity to go beyond bucketing into personas and really knowing who all your customers are. So what is on your roadmap in terms of personalization? 
Well, the cornerstone of our, of our success is really the fit of our shirt and nothing gets more personal than the product that you're wearing and does it fit you well? Do you feel comfortable, confident um, in, in, in walking in, into any environment with, with the, the shirt on or a product on that fits you well? So the, the next extension of that is then helping the customer Right by knowing the customer, having some personal connection with the customer, understanding what their travel plans are, understanding what their lifestyle is, understanding what their fashion needs are, for us to attempt to connect with them in a way that really brings them back to Untucket as the first place they shop the next mm -hmm. time they have a need. If we if we can connect with them in a personal way, um, and, and and do it in a way that's not intrusive, that's not overly salesy, but really kind of. Uh, you know, we're, we're available for them. And if we were, if we make ourselves available in, in a, in a, in a non-threatening way or non, not to an aggressive sales way, um, we think we can grab again, their, their share of wallet when they're ready to purchase for us next. So it starts with fit and having, having a little bit of warmth and friendliness around the, the personality, right. It's not too aggressive or not too pushy is how we think we can be a, uh, be a benefit to customers down the road. No, absolutely. It's definitely a, per, uh, a balance utilizing data, um, but keeping it human. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, we have a lot of conversations about what's the, what's the story of the future and technology integration. But I think the key is we always, technology is a tool in the background and we, we need to keep it human and personal. That's how you build emotional connection um, with the consumer. So if you had a crystal ball and you thought of the store of the future, um, what could it look like in the next five years? I don't envision our brand changing a lot. We, we've, we've intentionally kept things fairly simple for our, our associate and for the customer. We, we utilize uh, mobile equipment, mobile, mm -hmm. mobile tablets, mobile iPhones to interact with customers and try to keep it, keep the, keep the, the transaction really kind of a, a shoulder to shoulder. I'm, I'm shopping with a friend. I'm shopping with you as a friend um, and, and, and really want, that's where we think we, we, we can really connect with the customer. And then having the information in our, in our devices that enables us to understand what the customers purchased in the past, understanding their preferences, understanding their wishes and wants um, that they've recorded with us um, is how we envision the, the Untucket store to look down the road. Um, I don't envision massive changes to how we interact with the customer. Um, keeping it, keeping it casual, keeping it comfortable, keeping it relatable is really top of our list currently. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, do, I think it's, um, it's always critical to stay true to your DNA, um, right? And, and let that be a bit of your guiding light. I think that uh, a mistake some brands make is they follow trends so much um, that uh, it can be a little polarizing to your core customers because they're not, you know, it doesn't really make sense for your brand to follow those trends so closely. For example, the metaverse doesn't make sense for everybody. <laughs> so um, yeah, I can go The metaverse on. is interesting. I'm not sure how it connects directly to our product or our brand. I am seeing interesting things that other brands are doing, you know, to, to promote and utilize the metaverse as they interact with customers. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to understand, does that make sense for Untucket? It might, but I'm not quite sure I, I see that yet, so. Yeah, I think some sort of hybrid in the future, but um, still need some investigating. Um, okay, anything, what's exciting down the pipeline on Untucket? Anything our audience should be kind of looking out for that you could share? I mean, we're, we're excited about, again, what we, what we see as the opportunity um, for, the, for the casual 
product category to really kind of gain momentum, right? So our brand kind of dropped into the scene several years ago, maybe ahead of the curve. Um, we're excited to see the casualization of the office place continue. The, the hybrid work style that, that many people are now embracing um, fits very well with kind of how we see ourselves as a, as a brand. So we see tremendous opportunity as we continue to exploit kind of what's happening in, in the world around us, right? As people become more casual, as they transition from work to play and play to work without having the, the rigid lines we may have experienced in the past, we see tremendous opportunity for us and other brands to, uh, to grow in the next, uh, next few years. No, absolutely. It's, we all have to stay close to the changing consumer behaviors um, and how we continue to iterate um, in order to best serve them. Speaking of casual, um, I did say in your bio that you love wine and you love travel. So we'll end with something fun, especially as travel's really picked up. Um, what, what's on your travel list? Where should we be, where should we going? Hi, again, I, I, I tend to, to visit major cities as I work, um, just to spend a couple of days um, at, at a meeting and then had a couple of days in Napa Valley to and kind of experience and, and enjoy um, wine and food and all things to come with it, right? So you think about um, a destination that delivers those types of things is always high on my list of places to escape work. Um, it, it is fun to see people, right? Again, on airplanes, um, going to a destination, enjoying yeah. experiences. Um, and, and there's nothing like spending time with family and friends, enjoying a meal, enjoying some wine or some, some type of libation that, that makes everybody feel good. So, uh, so I, I'm, I'm always a big, big fan of, of wine country. Um, California is, is near and dear to my heart in the sense of places I go to on a frequent basis um, and, and learning more and more about the, those types of things available out there. So, yes, I will always happily go to Napa and then red, white, rosé. What is, what is your preference? Uh, mostly red, mostly red. Yeah. Uh -huh. red, and you want red, a bold red or light? Big, bigger and bolder is better. My, my wife loves big, bold red wines. And so as much as uh, we, I try to experiment and try to limit everything, we wind up in that red bucket more often than not when the two of us are, are enjoying a bottle of wine. So Nice. That sounds good. Well, I hope you take many trips where you're sipping on your wine. And I really appreciate the time that you took with us today to talk a little bit more about Nantucket and, and retail as a whole. So everybody, this was Brent Paulson. He is Managing Director and Head of Retail of Nantucket. And this was a great conversation. So thanks for being with us. Thank you, Melissa. I enjoyed it.